I think a lot of damage is done by journalists who think that they, you know, they're like, I'm, I'm accepting and that's enough. And it's not. Um, it is important to see something from someone's point of view and to educate yourself. Because just saying, you know, I'm cool with transgender people is not enough anymore. It wasn't really before. It's definitely not enough now. Welcome to It's All Journalism. I'm Michael O'Connell here with another podcast about digital journalism and the people who produce it. On the phone with me today is Sarah Morrison, a former senior writer with Boston.com, as well as an assistant editor at the Columbia Journalism Review. Now a freelancer, she's written for Pointer, The Atlantic Wire, and The Wrap. Welcome, Sarah. Uh, hi. Hi. Okay. Hi, everybody. The reason I wanted to have you on the podcast is to discuss a story that you recently wrote for Neiman Reports about how journalists are covering transgender issues. So, first of all, how did you, you know, looking at your biography, I see that you've written about diversity issues before. What, what kind of got you interested in this type of journalism? Um, well, just coming out of journalism school, uh, my first job was as a media reporter, and I think diversity is a pretty big issue in media. So um, it was something that I, you know, kind of want to cover when I could and just sort of the lack of it that we have in a lot of mainstream media right now and why that might be and what could be done to make it better. So from that standpoint, that's always been been an interest and sort of, I think, a narrative that runs through that particular topic and probably everything. You say in your Neiman story that the past year has been uh, something of a watershed moment in the coverage of transgender issues. Why is that? Uh, I think, obviously, um, Caitlyn Jenner coming out was, you know, a huge story and probably the highest profile transgender person to come out so far. So, obviously, that would be a big one. But even before that, you know, time had um, the transgender tipping point. And um, so, I think maybe it's, it's partly that the civil rights narrative has kind of shifted now to the transgender community now that, you know, same-sex marriage is legal. Now, we're you know, that's sort of the next civil rights, you know, the fight. I think transgender people are just more visible in the media than ever. Like musicians, filmmakers, athletes, actors, models, like everything. And I think there are more ways than ever for the transgender community to make its voice heard, even if the mainstream media doesn't cover them, you know, the internet. So um, I think all of those together, you know, have sort of brought us to where we are um, now. So big stories like Caitlyn Jenner obviously sort of expose uh, the transgender topic to a larger audience. Um, do you think this creates more of a willingness for the news media to uh, cover these type of stories? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a newsroom. You're going to go where the story is. And that's where it was. You always look for angles to add to, like, the existing narrative. And I think, you know, the, the increased awareness that it bought and the sort of thin layer of acceptance maybe that you know, of Jenner that, you know, maybe newsrooms thought, okay, like our readers, you know, are interested in this and know enough about this. Um, but I think there's a danger to that as well, because maybe a lot of newsrooms can just sort of only cover the Caitlyn Jenner story and then say, okay, you know, we're good. We got our transgender stuff out of the way. We're done. And, uh, you know, no, I think she's a good starting point if you have to start there. And I should also say, I'm I'm talking about like mainstream media. There's a lot of alternative and LGBT publications that have been covering this for a very long time and doing it very well. So, um, so yeah, that's an important thing to note. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I think if you're only writing about Caitlyn Jenner, um, you know, you're, you're missing basically everything else. Yeah. And now what, what brought you to this story that you wrote for Neiman reports? What, uh, what sort of got you, uh, interested in writing it? I, that's, that's the thing. I, I can't remember exactly how it came up, but, um, 
I met with um, Jan Gardner. She's a senior editor at Human Reports. Um, as I was leaving Boston.com, just to you know, check around some story ideas and pitch a few things. And I think I don't remember which one of us brought up the Caitlyn Jenner special first, but after we did, um, we were both talking about it and how I think we were surprised at how well it was done, how informative it was, without sort of being sensational or what you might expect the mainstream TV special to be. And then how, you know how there's been a lot of stories like that in the media, and generally the trend was that they were getting better, but not far from perfect. And so looking at places that had done those well, you know, done stories well, or what the next story about the transgender community is, because I think for a long time it's been the transition story of, you know, the before and after about like one person rather than you know, the rest of their lives, which, you know, there's decades, there's decades after a transition to cover. And I think we're only now doing the rest of the story. So I wanted to look at places that were doing that and, um, and how they've done it and any particular issues to that community and when, and writing about them that might come up and how they might've solved them or tackled them. Yeah. I, I really like the story a lot because well, for one, I think it was a very positive story. Uh, you know, I think it, it acknowledged the fact that, you know, maybe there hasn't been enough uh, transgender coverage in the mainstream media. You know, here we are at a point where it's becoming a bigger story that more people are sort of becoming aware of the issues around it. And just talking about how, uh, giving a, a number of examples of uh, news outlets that went the extra step and covered the story, you know, with a degree of understanding, you know, a willingness to say, okay, what is the best way to, to tell this story, you know, in, in, a, in a way that's respectful uh, to the subject matter, that, that isn't cliched. And, and some of the stories actually, this isn't just, you know, the Caitlyn Jenner sort of thing. That sort of gives you the idea that it's sort of a Kardashian type of, you know, pop news type thing. But, but in actuality, there's some very serious issues and stories behind some of these stories. So mm-hmm. that's something I really liked about, about your, your piece. It had, had multiple facets to it. Yeah. Um, I think, thank you. <laughs> um, Neiman reports is, uh, generally positive, um, <laughs> maybe more than I naturally am, which is great. So they want to look at things that are, have been successful, um, and how they got there. Um, so you know, there was an intention to make this more, positive and sort of learn from people who've done it right or done it, done it well. So, and they like to use examples to do that. It's a publication for journalists. So, you know, really get into like the nitty gritty of how, you know, you're putting these stories together and, you know, like specific challenges that the writers uh, may have come across. Just sort of uh, touching on the different types of stories that that, uh, you, you address. I think the one, there were two that, that that I thought were really powerful. One was, coverage of transgender detainees by ICE, you know, people who are sort of in transition, maybe not just, you know, in in their own sexual identity, but also in their, uh, where they're actually are in the world and some of the violence that they were, was facing. It's a very serious story. I thought that was really powerful. And then also powerful story and and told with a degree of a care you know that hey this is this is this is a story that gets kind of left behind that, that that people ought to know about you know and then you know writing it that way i thought that was great what did you think about that that story yeah no i obviously i liked it a lot and it was started before any of the you know the caitlin jenner stuff um i was really happy to include a story from fusion because i think 
you know, they, like a lot of, you know, websites, you know, newer news websites generally are trying to do um, a lot more work on maybe like marginalized or smaller communities. Uh, that story to me was great because, yes, you had sort of a, a triple threat of like you have to interview somebody who's gone through, um, who's been sexually assaulted, is an undocumented immigrant and is transgender. And those, each of those alone, I think, like I wrote, could, could, could make them very reluctant, understandably, to talk to the media. And this was, you know, in some cases, all three. So I wanted to look at, you know, how you how they won the trust of the women that they wrote about and the issues that came up through that. Just the fact that you kind of don't, it's something that you maybe don't think about. You know, we know undocumented immigrants go to detention centers. Well, what happens to, to the ones who who are transgender? And especially if they don't have, like, legal IVs that say they're, the, you know, the gender that they identify with. You don't really think about it, and then you do, and you say, wow, this is a huge opportunity for them to come across a lot of problems, which they do. The other thing about that story that I liked was that, um, you know, they wanted to use data. And in general, in writing transgender stories, there just kind of isn't any. Like, the official sources that we would use, like, you know, the census or, you know, things like that, transgender isn't, isn't on there, you know? So they had to, like figure out a way to try to get some numbers out of what they had um, to really show the gravity of the problem. So there were like two opportunities there, I thought, to sort of look at um, two different aspects of, you know, how to cover the community and problems with covering it. Yeah. And uh, to sort of talk to how the reporters handle the situation, I mean, here you have somebody who's you know, who's new to the the country, doesn't have any representation, like you said, uh, is, you know, had some, had violence uh, done toward them, um, reluctant to speak to anyone. And, you know, the, the, you know, the, the journalist, you know, went the extra mile. They, they went there without recording equipment or without writing material just to make that, those initial connections with the person to say, Hey, you can trust us. You know, we want to tell your story. And, and the other thing about it that was really nice, it wasn't, you know, this isn't just like, a, oh, we're going to do a transgender story because the transgender is hot. It was like recognizing someone who was marginalized, who was in a really difficult situation, you know, involved in a in a government agency. And, you know, how how can you know, how how can any of us who are who are in a situation that uh, like that, you know, how, how are we going to. You know, who's going to speak for us? I thought that was a very powerful aspect of it. Yeah, um, and I know they. Um, some of the, the women they talked to have been in this country actually a while um, for various reasons, found themselves in detention recently. And I think they got them all through various uh, advocacy organizations and things like that. So they had sort of people who had already told their story somewhat to somebody, which I think helped in a certain regard. But yeah, you know, I mean, any story you have with a sort of sensitive, about a sensitive topic with subjects, you know, that you need to earn their trust. Um, I think that's what you do. I don't think that's right. super different from, you know, anything else. But like, yeah, they were very, the, the, the journalists I talked to for that were very willing and eager to make sure that their subjects felt comfortable telling their story in an environment where um, they felt they could trust them. And I think that trust was 
you know, I think they put the trust in the right place. Yeah. And there was another story about um, a uh, individual who was transgender, who uh, was also Muslim and had to deal with, you know, the prejudice around that, you know, trying to connect with the community in that way. One of the things that you bring up in it now that I think about it is one of the troubling things, I guess, is as we begin to explore some of these issues more in the mainstream media is that a lot of the um, transgender people who've been covering these stories we find have have had a lot of, you know, had violence in their lives or difficult situations. Uh, many of them are homeless or, or have had, yeah. been homeless at some time. You, what, what do you think about those stories? They're, the, you know, important to cover. I think we've got a lot of outlets now you know, really looking at the violence committed against especially transgender women of color. That was a topic that came up in a lot of, to, with a lot of people I spoke with as being a huge and worrisome issue for them that they really just wanted to see more coverage of. So um, I think in the data that we do have, which um, comes from like a couple studies, say that, you know, there's a lot more homelessness, a lot more unemployment, um, a lot more poverty in the transgender, you know, community than, you know, than otherwise. So, you know, that's kind of an issue for Caitlyn Jenner. You only talk about her, but that is an issue for a lot of other people who don't, you know, who aren't as lucky in a lot of ways. And it isn't, you know, there's a plenty of transgender people who this isn't an issue for also. It's you know, a huge, diverse community. Right. The, the, but the ones the, that are, you know, you definitely want to, these are people who never get a voice or very, you know, a lot harder for them to get a voice. So you really want to make sure they have one, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, as you sort of said, they're not, they're not all Kate Jenner. They're not all, um, they're not all homeless. They're not all one thing. They're just like any other segment of society. They're, they're all different types of, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why the, um, LA Times story about the Muslim, the transgender Muslim, um, appealed to me because um, I wanted to make sure that there was a transgender male in the story as well. I think transgender men kind of get overshadowed a bit. Um, I'm not exactly sure why. They just seem to be less visible generally. So I wanted to make sure that it was that. And just also, you know, another thing that you kind of don't think about is, you know, a community that's generally not super accepting of, you know, LGBT people. What happens when you're trying to be part of that community that you were part of before, but now as a you know transgender person, you know I thought that was you know, really interesting also. So yeah, and a couple of times, a couple of things that you uh, touched on were were actually some sort of common mistakes that the journalists uh, will make in covering a transgender community. Things like you know things that were very cliched, like um, you know if you're doing video or if you're doing photos that, uh, of a transgender woman, you you take you know video or photos of them like applying their makeup. It's a very cliche. Yeah. And, and actually, yeah, I mean, are you going to do that to someone who's not transgender? I mean, you know, just right. try to avoid that sort of thing and sort of, you know, think of what who that person is and how they want to be represented, you know, as you would with anybody that you would want you, you'd, you know, interview. Yeah. I mean, I think in the past and still now, the mainstream media, um, you know, statistically, there's not, you know, transgender story is going to be covered by someone who's not transgender, who is cisgender. And we tend to have covered this community in the way we think they should be covered and not really after listen to the way they think they should be covered. And, you know, now they have more opportunities to tell us and we have, you know, it's more important for, than ever for us to listen. So I think when you look at the common mistakes that like journalists will make, a lot of them spring from looking at this community from your point of view, which isn't, you know, which isn't theirs and right. which 
you know, isn't, isn't a great way to cover somebody, you know, a community at all. So. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's, that speaks a lot to how journalists have to sort of deal with people who are not like them, that they're, they're covering those stories. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. at the end, we're all, we're all human beings. We all have some common experience uh, where we can connect, but there are, you know, experiences in our lives that make us different and in, in, in who we are and how we, we acknowledge the difference in, in, in our, in our coverage and how we, you know, allow that community, whoever they may be, to, to speak. I mean, you know, that's kind of the challenge that we face in, in, in trying to cover a more diverse America. Yeah, and I think for people who aren't transgender and journalists, you know, we, we like to see the world as thinking black and white, especially for print people. You really want to use as few words as possible to communicate as much information and, like, and just put labels on things and, um, you know, and, and gender is a binary and you grow up thinking that that's what it is, or, you know, this one or that one from birth, you know, girls wear pink, boys wear blue. So you see the world through that lens, you know, a lot of us, and all of a sudden, maybe for the first time, you, you know, that view is challenged. So I think if you don't prepare yourself, you know, and don't, you know, educate yourself and keep up on, you know, the way the world is and what the people, you know, in this world are like and what their point of view is, um, you're gonna, you're gonna screw it up and you're gonna write about something from your point of view, which is, you know, which isn't theirs. So, yeah. And it's kind of a weird sort of thing because on the one hand, you probably cover your own community better than you would cover another community just because you've grown up with it. You, you recognize all of the, uh, you know, the tropes and stereotypes, the things that were with, mm-hmm. within your community, the, the things that you sort of innately understand. But if you don't go out and you don't challenge yourself to, you know, meet different types of people, work with different types of types of people and tell different types of stories, you're sort of limiting the scope of what your reporting is and who you are as a journalist. Yeah. I think you're going to be left behind. Yeah. I think it's important to, to make that effort to, to interview people who have very different life experiences than you do. Cause I think in the end it makes you not only a better journalist, but a better person <laughs> if, if nothing else. Yeah. I think you become a journalist because you're curious. So keep being curious. I think another problem can be if you don't take the time to educate yourself or read resources about how to properly cover this community, it comes up in a breaking news story where, you know, transgender person is murdered. And now for the first time, you have to look up, well, which pronoun should I use when? Um, You're too late. (laughs) So it's important to really, you know, know all this stuff before as, as much as possible. The people I spoke to, you know, the stories they wrote, I think most of them, had an awareness before they ever sat down to write the story um, of a lot of the do's and don'ts and so felt very comfortable or confident that they could cover this community in a way that would be, that wouldn't be, you know, damaging, that would be representative um, of, of the way. I mean, you don't want people, your subjects of your story to dictate how you write them, but you also have to be, you know, sensitive to them and, and, um, yeah, you have to make the you have yeah. to make the effort to understand their com- yeah. their community. You know, and yeah. some something you sort of you said, said reminds me that we we had a podcast where, uh, where I talked to one of the reporters who had covered the Baltimore uprisings and for, for the local weekly paper, uh, the alternative paper. And one of the things he I remember him saying was, is, you know, when the uprisings occurred, all of these news people came from out of the Baltimore area to cover this very big divisive story 
And because they had been covering the, that community, because they knew the issues, they knew who the players were, they had a greater mm-hmm. understanding. They had made the effort ahead of time to sort of recognize what was what the bigger story was. And, and you know, yeah. like this, you can't just you can't just go from story to story to story. You you need to invest some time in the the community that you're whatever you're covering, and understand that there are many different facets of it. Yeah, and it's also because you know transgender people aren't just in one specific beat. <laughs> they're people, so they're everywhere. You know, like right. it, it can be if you're a culture writer, um, you know, they may direct a movie that you're writing about. They, you know, there's the crime beat, breaking news, whatever. Um, you can't just assume that you won't that, that it won't come up at all in your particular beat because that's ridiculous. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you just I don't know. It's I guess the term is right, parachute journalism, where you just jump into one spot, write a story, and then and then leave. Right. Um, you don't want to be a parachute journalist about you know people. <laughs> no, no. You want to. You want to. You because because in the end you're you're not telling the real story. You're just telling whatever your right. impression is at that moment, and only you know right. you don't understand all of the that went in before and what's probably going to happen after you leave. Now, yeah. what what resources are there available for journalists um, if they want to try to you know improve their ability to, to cover the transgender community? I think um, the GLAD media guide is a great place to start. They kind of have the do's and don'ts. Um, you know, it's a very good primer. I mean, there's just a lot of transgender advocacy groups, especially for, like, specific trans people of color a coalition, I think. There's a Sparta, which was uh, transgender people in the military. So there's, there's, there's possibly, probably some kind of transgender advocacy group about maybe the population that you're writing about. The Transgender Law Center and the National Center for Transgender Equality have resources for journalists. And from my experience, they're happy to talk to them. You know, they really want to, um, they want you to do it right. So, you know, it's, they're, they're very interested in, their, in the community being covered, you know, correctly. So it's really about outreach. I think most of these advocacy places are happy to talk to you if you're happy to listen. But yeah, I would say the Glad Media guys is the best place to, to just start. And if there's only one thing, I guess, I don't know why that would be the case, but there's only one thing <laughs> you can read, uh, I, would, I, I guess I would recommend uh, that. Yeah, and I'll have, um, I'll have links to, to all of these on our, our, <laughs> our uh, website uh, when we post our story to go with this. Now, we, we talk, we've been sort of talking around the transgender issue, or transgender covering the transgender community. We've also touched a little bit on, on diversity. What are your thoughts about, um, you know, what we can do to sort of make the coverage that newsroom does more diverse? I mean, in general, even some newsrooms are better than others. I think we've seen some that have made real efforts to be inclusive that will tend to do that better. I think some of the newer websites like BuzzFeed and, and Fusion have made very aggressive efforts to hire from a diverse pool of people, um, and their coverage will reflect that. You know, we, we see them get stories that other outlets aren't, and then the other outlets have to play catch-up. So, you know, a diverse, you know, have making sure that the people in, in all positions, it's not enough to just have junior writers be, you know, like minorities, but nobody, you know, in management at the top be that. I think also just um, making sure that the people that you talk to aren't just like white men. I think there's been studies that show that those are predominantly the voices that kind of appear in articles. Really just, you know, reach out, make sure you have diverse coverage, you know, diverse voices in, in, what, you're, in what you're covering. So, and also like 
books that are reviewed and movies that are made, make sure it's not just white men who are producing those things that you're reviewing. Because I think there's some counts that show that that is um, that is thing that happens too. So it doesn't have to just be the people you hire, although that's really important, but also the voices that are in the things you write and the communities that you talk to. Cool. There's no one answer, but I think that helps. Yeah, well, we we gotta we gotta move down this road, I think, a bit in order for us to become a better, better journalists, better society, and the way we cover it. Uh, the thing that's uh, that upsets me is when you see like um, sort of population studies of, of newsrooms and, and see that they've actually getting gotten less diverse in the last couple of years than they were before, and that is such a head scratcher because that just shows that progress is going backwards yeah so not progress no. um and that's the thing that is like that's so preventable um there's no excuse for it so do yeah. that <laughs> yeah and then on the other on the other hand you have you have data that shows you that uh the the population as a whole is becoming more diverse so you know if if yeah. the if the community that is covering it is less diverse you're not actually yeah. reflecting the the greater community so it, yeah it, and also it's not just um like diversity and races and uh, it's, yeah. it's also just in, in income levels. We we now have, in a lot of ways, you might have to do a, an unpaid internship to even get into journalism, which, you know, kind of leaves out a lot of people who can't afford to do that in the first place. So, you know, there goes that whole part of the population. You know, our community is becoming more and more diverse. And if we don't, if we don't write about it, then again, like we're left behind. What good are you? And other people will pick it up and there's more outlets for people to, to talk and tell their stories than there've ever been. So if it's not yours, it'll be someone else's and then you'll, you'll and you'll lose, you'll miss out. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, this, this has been great. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to you about diversity and about uh, the, the story that you wrote for um, uh, Neiman reports. Um, I, I really, you know, I'm going to have a link to it uh, on our website. I, I think it's a, it's a really good read. For me, it got me thinking a lot about a lot of different things around diversity and about how we, we need to sort of challenge ourselves to, you know, talk to people who are different than us and, and sort of imagine our lives as them and, and it, it, preparing, being, be, don't just show up and say, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a human being. I, I, I know what the story's about. I know what this person feels like, but, but actually putting the effort into, you know, try to understand their story so that you can tell them. Yeah, I think a lot of damage is done by journalists who think that they, you know, they're like, I'm, I'm accepting and that's enough. And it's not. Um, it is important to see something from someone's point of view and to educate yourself. Because just saying, you know, I'm cool with transgender people is not enough anymore. It wasn't really before. It's definitely not enough now. Well, so I, we saw with that, you know, the Grantland Dr. V story that the consequences can be like really dire. So, um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, um, thanks yeah. again for, for giving me this time. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation. And uh, like I said, people should, should check out this story. I think it would uh, be definitely worth your time. I wanted to include an addendum to uh, the conversation I had with Sarah about covering the transgender community. One of the things we realized that we hadn't discussed after the uh, uh, our interview was over was uh, the basic terminology and even pronouns that uh, journalists need to be thinking about when they are covering the transgender community. For resources on that, I defer to Sarah's own article that she had written for Neiman Reports uh, that has a transgender terminology glossary. And uh, I also point listeners to GLAD's guidelines for reporters covering the transgender community. I'll link to both of those resources on the web story that accompanies this podcast.
next time on It's All Journalism. This is usually the point where I include a clip from our next episode. The fact is, I don't have one at the moment. Our next episode will probably be an interview with the writers of a new report on solutions journalism. But I haven't done that interview yet, so there is no clip available. Uh, We also have a great interview in the can with Paul Dan, national security reporter with U.S. News and World Reports. We talk about covering the national security scene, including what's it like covering ISIS as well as a trial at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. So we've got a couple of really interesting, fascinating interviews coming up in the next few weeks. We're actually fast approaching our 200th episode, which is kind of exciting for us. In August, we will have done this podcast for four years, which is something of a milestone for us, I think. Where do we get all these great ideas and uh, where do we hook up with all of these people who come on our podcast? Uh, we, we do reach out a lot. Uh, we try to keep our eyes open for interesting topics and stories. Uh, for example, Sarah's story, uh, something that I saw online and I, and I thought that would make a, a great little interview. And, but uh, if you are a journalist and you think you have an interesting story to tell or if you know of a journalist or a story that you saw out there that you think would make a great podcast, please let us know. You can reach us at editor at It's All Journalism or you can just leave a comment on our website. And I encourage people to do that, to leave comments on our website and uh, communicate with us uh, via Twitter or Facebook. Uh, our Twitter account is at All Journalism. And uh, follow us, share on our podcast, help us sort of grow this thing. Uh, it's been around, like I said, for almost four years. Uh, we'd like to continue uh, having it grow. Um, I also have a big announcement coming up uh, very soon about uh, sort of related to this podcast, but more about podcasting in general. And uh, I hope to have that very soon. Uh, it's some exciting stuff coming on in the next year or so for, for me personally, but for the podcast as well. And uh, I appreciate uh, all the feedback we do get from our listeners. Uh, please keep it coming. It helps us to sort of fine-tune the type of podcast we do for you and, and uh, make it so that we can provide you with something that you find interesting and enjoyable and hopefully informative. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the changing state of digital news. Find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. You can also download episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at All Journalism. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening.